to episode two of Youth Plus Radio, uh, the channel where we're taking things beyond conversations and recognizing the youth in action wherever they may be. Uh, today we have two great guests with us. We have Lina Cheng, the head baker of Lin Blint, the go-to bakery that was born to bake you happy. Absolutely. Did I get that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. <laughs> and we also have Mukiza Munesi, who's the... <laughs> Founder, I guess, <laughs> reluctant, but uh, the brains behind uh, Muka, which is an audiovisual okay. agency who aims to be the most innovative in the market, I believe. Yeah, definitely, definitely, friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome, guys. How have you guys been? Thank you. Good. It's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. How, how's Biashara? Biashara is too sour. I can't complain. <laughs> Uh, if you guys had to describe your entrepreneurial journeys with your respective companies, because it's, it's great that one of them is a service service-based uh, company being Mukai and the other is product-based being yeah. Lindlinked. I would uh, say like mine is more product and service. Oh, I, oh yes, yeah. true, and service as well. Yes. How, how did you guys get started with your respective companies? Well, should I go or do you want no, to No, please, go? please, ladies <laughs> first, ladies first. <laughs> All right, so um, my company started off ideally as a catering company. My idea, so this is what took me to Blaze, and I think that's where we met Fred. Yes, yes. Um, so the, my idea was to do catering and generally just provide um, food for bachelors and bachelorettes because we had realized um, that there was a gap there. Like, bachelors were having, you know, street, not street food per se, but fast foods, like, mm. and they, they were in need of homemade food that was fresh and nice. So we were closing on that gap. But I realized, first of all, that the logistics were crazy and I was spending so much money. So my profit margin was very small. But mm-hmm. on the side, notes, I was also doing cakes. So I just did a cost benefit and mm-hmm. I said, okay, cakes make me more money yeah. and without a lot of, you know, pressure and um, work. <laughs> so, so I just said, you know what, I love doing this. Let me just focus on this. So that's how I ended up doing baking. So I shifted from being a catering company into a baking company. Um, um, in 2016. So yeah. I have been baking since 2016. Wow. Yes. Well, that shift is very interesting because as, a, as an entrepreneur, deciding or coming to the decision to make that shift yeah. is usually very scary and it's a brave decision one has to make. It is because now that means I had to lose clients and mm. start looking for others. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> so I literally just had to, you know, go out there and say, and you just put yourself out there literally. And word of mouth has also really, really helped me grow. So mm. the product itself is really good. So people talk about it, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. For you, Mukiza, how did you get started? You know, it's actually a really funny story because I started business because I was coming from a background where... I needed money to hang out with my friends. It wasn't this Isaac Newton kind of thing where I was like, oh, let me create something. But I, I actually started because I needed pocket money. Mm-hmm. And we came from a background where if you want something, you need to go and get it. We don't come from the situational analysis where you just ask for it. Mm-hmm. And so early on, I was taught that, okay, um, you're good in the creative arts. And because you're good in your creative arts, you need to find something that is able to sustain you. Absolutely. And so Muka ideally started as a design and branding company. We used to print T-shirts for uh, some of the some of my clients, mm-hmm. uh, where we'd print T-shirts, we'd print hoodies, business cards, and everything. Mm. And I think coming over the years is when we had to improvise and adapt, mm-hmm. uh, just to bring in a product that was more 
mind-based. I, I call it mind-based and not product-based mm-hmm. because I realize with a product, you can only charge so much. Yeah. Right. Uh, if I'm going to sell you a hoodie, if I go above 3,000, you're going to ask, that thing better keep me warm <laughs> in the water. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the biggest transitions, just like Lynn is talking about, is I had to get to the point where I asked myself, how can I make enough money to sustain the yeah. kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. that you want? I can see some people having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I sat down and I realized that a lot of these things can be done through, you can't question my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I tell you I want to design you something that's going to cost you X amount, right. it's very hard for you to question. But if I'm giving you a product for that amount of money, then you can say, okay, this guy is going to do it at this cost or I know where you normally get this. Mm. And so for me, my business started out of a need where I saw guys going for sherehe and I was like, hey. I want to do sherehe like like you guys. And I just never had the opportunity. So I found a way to get a few shillings out of uh, the creative arts that I came into. It's still the classic hardware versus software question. Um, One of you selling hardware, which again, your markup has to be limited to what the market is is selling for the same hardware. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the software, I mean, if my idea is worth X amount or is worth 2X, it's a very different argument because your idea is unique to, to who you are and what yeah. you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, similarly, even with your business with cakes, um, I'm sure your recipes or your yes. your designs and the styles of the cakes mm-hmm. is, is unique to you. Absolutely. Uh, getting that first client, where did you guys start from? For me, I started from, it was my friends. So I remember it was so vividly. So a friend of mine was coming back from Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were doing just something small um, to celebrate his achievements uh, while in Israel. So I was asked, my friend asked me to bake the cake. Um, so I did and I decorated it to the best of my knowledge and skill at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people were like, okay, so just as a buffer, let's bring cakes from elsewhere as well. So we had like three cakes in mm-hmm. that uh, event. But funny enough, mine is one that ended fast okay. and the rest remained. Mm-hmm. So my product was really good. My finishing wasn't as good, but it was really good on the inside. Mm. So that so from there now, I got more clients because, you know, being a big gathering of people coming together. So two people will have a birthday next week mm. and they'll be like, Lynette, make me a cake. And just from there, and then these two people tell up at two people and it just I just grew my network from there. So for me, that's why I started. It's just from a friend and then a friend telling a friend and just like that. And then I opened my um, social media page and mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook and also with the help of my family and my family's friends and everything. So just that's just how I penned into the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think also over the years, you just as you, as you learn and as you improve on your skill, like you realize that, okay, people are actually <coughs> appreciative of what is inside. Right. But now you also have to perfect the outside because there are those who actually want to pull on a match of Kwanzaa. Yeah. So <laughs> you literally have to perfect the outside as well. So YouTube University did a thing mm-hmm. on me and, you know, we graduated with flying colors. <laughs> and and um, so I think it's just been like an upward trajectory for me ever since. Like I love challenges. I love, I love someone telling me, you know, make for me a cake, mm-hmm. a, a plain, a, a cake out of a plain, a plain out of a cake. I don't know how that uh, the order goes, but yeah. So I love challenges and just trying to position yourself on a competitive edge because mm-hmm. there's so many bakers in Kenya right now. Mm-hmm. So you really have to put yourself on a competitive edge. Mm-hmm. You're giving a crisp, clean looking kind of cake, 
but it's it so good. It's as good as it, as looks. it looks. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, that is my principle and what I work with. It has mm-hmm. to be as good as it looks on the outside going in. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, quite inspiring. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, mine is not as inspiring. <laughs> Was one of your friends who... No, no, you know, and, and funny enough, I'm going to remix uh, one of these quotes that says, uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> because funny enough, my first client uh, was, I was dating uh, by the time I had started my company. Yeah. And uh, because uh, the person played a very integral role in starting the company because she uh, played as a support system. Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents were actually my first client. And it was a very funny instance where uh, her mom came to me and asked me, um, hey, I'm having a conference with uh, these uh, people. Uh, do you want to do the branding for it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, by the way. I had no idea what I was doing. And so she came and said, they're going to be 500 people. I'm training them on what I do. And are you able to uh, assist us just creating a brand out of it? Mm-hmm. I quickly went on to Google. And so I research, <laughs> and, and it's something that we really do need to talk about at yeah. length because yeah. jumping into Google, I saw the kind of branding that people were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time I was starting my company in 2014, uh, I had known, I had gone for quite a bit of conferences mm-hmm. and I said, let me bring something new into the market. Mm-hmm. Let me bring something that uh, people have never seen. Right. And so I did the simplest thing that really blew people's minds. Mm-hmm. I took a normal box file. I removed the coverings of uh, Office Point mm-hmm. and I printed the box file and put in the covering of the logo and the, the name of the conference. Apparently, people had never seen that in 2014. Wow. And so the client was so amazed at how uh, now my partner's mom had just taken initiative to give the business that special touch just mm. for them. Yeah. And it led to so much more work. Yeah. Mm. And so the thing that I did learn from that aspect is that your first clients are actually the people closest to you. True. Yeah, sure. Your business starts with the people in the room that you're sitting with and mm. telling them, by the way, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Yeah. Those tend to be the people who kick you off on the trajectory saying, mm. okay, let's support you. And after we supported you, let life push you through it. Yeah. Mm. And so that's how I got my first client. And since then, you guys just took it and, and ran with it. Absolutely. Any fears of what existing players in the market would, would how, or how they would react to your product? Because for you, Len, you're doing exceptionally uh, crafted and, and decorated cakes that mm-hmm. also taste as good as they look. Mm-hmm. And for you, Muka, you're doing innovative things, which guys might seem simple, but in branding terms, people are just overlooking. So any fears that maybe you're doing your jobs too well? I know it's, it might sound a bit... I, yeah, ridiculous, I, I, but any fears that you don't want to disturb any big players, then they come. Oh, no. No? Oh, no. Like, if anything, for me, I, I want to get there. Like, yeah. I want to be where the, sorry, I want to be where, like, the big bakers, you know, are. Mm. But for me, I don't think my vision is in owning a, a walk-in bakery per se, mm-hmm. but I just want to have, like, a factory, like, literally, ah. a, 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 a space where I just make my cakes and ship them out to different different clients clients. on corporate clients every every like i just want to expand my workshop Mm -hmm. and just you know yeah i think that for me is my vision but i definitely look at the big players in the in the in the market right now with regards to baking and i just try and follow suit you know like what are they doing differently Mm -hmm. actually for me my fear is that i'm being left behind you know because you see technology and innovations keep changing and they keep 
improving. So you have to really keep yourself up to date because yeah. you'll be utapitwa na wakati. And that one is my greatest fear to be honest because you might find yourself over there making um, the regular, you know, round cakes and people are actually mm. doing totally different things that are right. being appreciated more in the market. Because as in right now, my clients usually say, okay, so what's new? Mm-hmm. You know, what's new? What are you doing new? Yeah. Even with regards to flavors, like what crazy flavors are you doing right now? So that keeps me on edge. Like right. what is the new thing in the market right now? What's happening? Like how do I, you know, improve? How do I match up? You know, mm. how do I even probably go beyond? You know, so yeah. yeah, you have to keep yourself informed. So definitely, and adapt to the market as well. Absolutely, <laughs> very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of Muka, I I did get into the market with that approach. Mm-hmm. I got with the approach that okay, there are guys doing these amazing things, and yeah. I can never match up because my pocket isn't as deep, mm-hmm. or I don't have as quality equipment, don't or you know, I don't have a big team because yeah. I was running Muka as a two-man show. Mm-hmm. And running it as a two-man show, you're walking into someone's uh, workshop and you're seeing 20 or 15 guys and you're like, wow, this, is, this, is, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But just to take you back and from a story of it, I, I did a logo for a client. And I remember I walked in and because, you know, as a designer, things are a bit tough. If you send the client the logo on a soft copy, they'll tell you, oh, we didn't like the work. And then three weeks later, they've just <laughs> changed. They've changed one letter to form a different yeah. side. And then they're telling you, ah, yeah, this is a new design. Yeah. And so I sat with the client at uh, ABC Place, uh, Java. And I sat down and I told him, okay, yeah, I've done your logo and I'm going to charge you 10000 And he looked at the logo he looked at the mock-up I had did. He looked at everything else. He looked at me and said, 10000 Okay, that's cute. But mm. I'm going to give you 60000 because your work is worth that. Mm. I sat down and I said, what? You're selling yourself short. <laughs> Literally, as in, you, you can see the reaction that Lynn is having. I had that same reaction. Yeah. And I looked at him and, you know, I'm young. I'm just fresh out of uni and I'm thinking, not, not uni, of high school. And I'm thinking, you're going to give me 60,000 shillings just for, just for a logo. Yeah. This is madness. Yeah. And from that day, and he said, yeah, your logo is worth, I've, I've, I've paid 200,000 for logos, mm. and none of them have come close to this. Oh, my word. And mm. I sat down and I said, ah, what's happening here? <laughs> and so it's from that day that, in fact, I was looking for those industry leaders. Mm. I was looking for the likes of Scanner. I was looking for all of them because I wanted mm. to put my foot in the ground and let them know that, look, I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I'm not going to get there today or tomorrow, yeah. give me a year. I'm coming. Mm. We're going to be fighting for these clients. Yes, with, oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I tend to think that everyone does jump in with that timid approach thinking, mm-hmm. am I good enough? Mm. Yeah. And then you just find that one client who slaps you in the back. It's not even a patch. <laughs> he slaps you in the back and he tells <laughs> you, listen, you're better than this. Yeah. Come on, push on. Yeah. And so from then on, it's just been a continuous following of Scanner. Mm-hmm. Or you guys have done X, Y, and Z higher. How can I do X, Y, and Z in a better way? Yeah. And one thing I was always told that's actually helped me push in front of the market is your competition isn't in Kenya. True. Mm. Okay? True. I never mm. used to understand it until mm-hmm. it, it finally hit home yeah. that your competition isn't in Kenya. It's not here. There are people baking in Kenya, but if you look at the cakes being made abroad, mm-hmm. you'll Amazing. see it, it, it's something out of this world. Mm-hmm. Or the design's being done Absolutely. in the States. Yeah. And I sat down and I said, okay, so if I'm benchmarking with these guys here, mm-hmm. how can I take myself five steps up mm-hmm. so that even when a Kenyan client sees my content, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, this guy is on another level mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. And so to answer your question, Fred, yes, I entered very scared. And I am very shocked that not everyone entered that way. <laughs> but um, I, I do thank uh, my clients who came in and pushed me and just showed me that, listen, if you're going to jump into this 
uh, it's, it's called self-employment. You know, we call it entrepreneurship so we can yeah. serve, and half of us can't even spell it. I, I don't know. I don't know who thought of that word. <laughs> but yeah, you jump into this self-employment, and if you're gonna jump in, you you better put both feet in. Yeah. You can't yeah. just touch it with your toes and say, ah, no, it's a bit go, cold. Let me go, go, go back. Go. Yeah. And so I was pushing. I was told you need to jump in. Mm-hmm. And once you've jumped in, put both feet in, and if you're going to drown, as long as you don't die, just keep at it. Yeah. But actually, that's quite interesting what he's mentioned about, you know, selling yourself short. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, I have also encountered a client such as that, and, you know, she, t- she told me, like, you know, you, your cakes are amazing. And I gave her the quote. I, I did a quote for her for her wedding cake, and she told me, okay, this is actually really nice, but quote me properly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so what do you mean, like, quote you properly? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I feel like this is too little for the kind of thing that you're going to do for me. I mean, quote me properly. And I went back and asked myself, oh my God, when, have I been selling myself too short? You know, like all this time. So actually, that's something that I think most, you know, young entrepreneurs, that's a challenge actually. Yeah. Young entrepreneurs, you're selling yourself short because it's either one, you're afraid of not getting that client mm-hmm. or two, I just don't know. You just have, you know, self-esteem. I don't know. I don't know. But... I don't know how how do we cap that you know it's honestly it's a very thin line it's a very thin line between um quoting your value or the value you're offering yeah and sort of curbing to pressure from whichever client it is um because yeah. sometimes i think there's a negative perception around young people doing business they assume mm-hmm. because that's right. even though you may be doing quality that's as, that's as good as companies that have existed for decades mm. uh when you kijana, you just you just yeah. You don't need so, too much yeah, money. you don't need that sixty because there's a client who could just take that ten k run with it. Yeah. Or the price That's of that right. cake and run with That's it, right. and they'll come back and you'll feel like this is your best client. Mm. But it's it's a very thin, very thin line yeah. between offering and demonstrating that value and why your quotes are what it what it is, I, and and settling. I think just to jump in really slowly, and it's something that we've been taught. I, I think even just growing up. We're told that you need to go slowly. Uh, you can't. You can't just be fresh out of uni and you're the one making eight hundred thousand a month. Yeah. Yet we started at these clerical jobs and we now we exactly. <laughs> it's 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 something that's ingrained in our minds. And I wish I wish we teach it different to the up yeah. and coming entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. that you can be the next Elon Musk. You don't have Absolutely. to take thirty years. Yeah. You can yeah. be the next uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to take those 10, 15 years that were taken to build mm-hmm. Facebook. If you have an idea, jump in. Because the biggest challenge is, they're always asking, and I always get that challenge, is you as a 20-something-year-old, mm. why should I pay you? And my staff here who is 60, is, or not or 60 is a bit much, or say 35, 37, who's mm. been in the market, has all the experience, mm. is being paid half or a quarter of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, as entrepreneurs, we need to learn that you need to know your value. Absolutely. Because you're paid for value, not for time. Yeah. If it takes you three days to scribble on... Like the Coca-Cola uh, uh, logo, it was done in what? Three, four days? Mm-hmm. Yet there are other logos that were done in months with yeah. back and forth. Mm-hmm. But the argument stands as, I'm giving you value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to perfect this skill so well mm-hmm. that I'm able to push it out in such a short time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's always this big fight of, you're young, you don't have that much responsibilities, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be getting this amount of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm as opposed to you're adding so much value to us, let me pay you for what your value actually shows. I guess it could also be a confidence thing where, yes, you understand your value, but when you're questioned or there's that back and forth with the client, because I've been in this situation where I felt, I sort of like retweeted a bit, Mm -hmm. I guess out of fear of losing that job, Mm -hmm. 
Um, so could, could confidence play a part in, in it as well? Well, I think confidence plays a huge part in everything because just as they say, like when you when that kind of mindset has been inculcated in you, like mm. go slowly, you know, you don't need that much money, you don't do, so it it it's already in your head. So by the mm. time you're going to negotiate with a client, you're going with that mindset. You know, you're going with that mentality in your head that I don't need to charge so much, I don't need too much money. So you're not charging for what you actually your value actually is. Mm. So it could be a confidence issue, but it could also be like what we have been taught, like from when we were younger. So I think I would really just reference to what he said. Mm. Yeah. I'd I'd say it comes it's life. Life is a conundrum. <laughs> I'd call it that. Mm. Because I keep asking myself, where does confidence come from? It mm. comes from the repeat clientele. Mm. I've That's done right. so much work with the Lynn or I've tasted Lynn's cake so much that if tomorrow she comes and tells me that I'm going to give you this cake for 25,000 mm -hmm. even if it's a slice of black forest or something mm -hmm. she's confident enough to tell me that because she knows the effort she puts into this Absolutely. cake mm -hmm. is what because she's got her clients telling her oh my god by the time she's making a president a cake for mm -hmm. his inauguration mm -hmm. or a president's birthday and she comes and tells you oh okay guys I'm going to give you this cake for what 15,000 mm -hmm. a half kg mm -hmm. you're like eh hey, okay uh, because her confidence has gotten to the yeah, point to where level, yeah. she's like, if you don't like my pro uh, product, you can bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, I've already got it. Yeah. I've reached the threshold of uh, the 15Ks yeah. and above. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say we as entrepreneurs need to, one, be able to pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. You need to be able to ask yourself, where am I going in the next couple of years? Mm -hmm. Then you also need to be able to work with your clients to actually get that positive feedback. Mm. Because entrepreneurship is about criticism. Mm. Self-employment is about being told you put too much sugar in this cake, mm. or your design has too much red, mm. or your videography is crap, or your audio is... It's, it's about that criticism. Mm -hmm. But once you get that audio, mm -hmm. what that means is I'm more confident and I can mm -hmm. charge you like oh, yeah. a five ten thousand more because okay. I did a course for one thousand mm -hmm. that taught me how to exactly. do better audio. Yeah. yeah, and so it's a progressive thing where we need to always balance time and value, which mm. brings in that confidence. Mm. In in my opinion, yeah, mm. that's right. And speaking of that confidence, mentorship wise, what has that, what has that side of life, side of business been like for you? Whether it's getting a mentor, uh, whether that mentor is specifically aligned to your diff your respective businesses. Mm -hmm and what those experiences were. Um, how has your mentorship sort of journey been like? Okay, I think you can go first. Uh -huh. okay. Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> um, I'd say that I've been, I've, I've been very fortunate mm -hmm. uh, to get a different array of mentors. Uh, one thing I do tell fellow entrepreneurs is you don't need a mentor in your field. You Absolutely. just need to find someone who you admire what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if I see person X is very good at his networking and is a lawyer, I am more inclined to go and talk to person X yeah. and think about how can you teach me to network? Absolutely. If I see person Y is good at finance and uh, they are a business owner, okay, how can I learn finance from you? Maybe mm -hmm. I, I don't like your product, but I've seen how you're able to put your money aside mm -hmm. and it, it, it plays a long way. And so in my opinion, when it, when it comes to mentorship, I, I say everyone does need a mentor mm -hmm. because what they're doing is they're cutting off that 10 years experience that you need to go through Absolutely. and they're helping you achieve it in a year or two. Absolutely. Right. They don't have to particularly be in your field, but they have to possess something that 
you aspire to be to get, yeah. when you get there. Mm-hmm. But besides just mentorship, there's something that uh, Just Ivy Africa put on her LinkedIn mm-hmm. that talks about having a board of directors. Mm-hmm. Having a board of directors for me, for yourself actually, not even for your company, also plays a very big role in how the mentorship program comes in. Mm-hmm. Because the board of directors comprises of four people. One, you have the mentor. The mentor themselves plays a big role in showing you your potential, your skills, and just, you know, telling you that, yes, this can be done if you mm-hmm. do it this way or mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. After that is the sponsor, mm-hmm. the person who is always going to say, I have tasted these cakes and listen to me. This cake is the truth. Mm-hmm. Or this guy may not give you the best quality, but if he says Tuesday, he is going mm-hmm. to deliver what you need on yes. Tuesday. Yes. Uh, that's the sponsor. Then there's the connector, that person who just knows everyone. Yeah. You walk into a room and the person is always greeting hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people find it annoying, but you never know where the next business is coming True. from. True. And uh, the fourth person was the knowledgeable person. Mm-hmm. The person who, if you're making a mess up in your business, they actually do have the knowledge to come and tell you, listen, you're going the wrong way here. Mm-hmm. If you actually do want to have, uh, we can use audio in this setup. If you want to have good audio, change your mic mm-hmm. or change just this wire. These wires mm-hmm. are known to be a bit slippery. Mm-hmm. And so if you change this wire, you're going to get that audio properly. Mm-hmm. These don't necessarily have to be five different people. Mm-hmm. But when they are, you're able to get insights from so many different areas and they can all play the same role Mm -hmm. you can always ask for advice from this person ask this person to connect Mm -hmm. so i'd say having that one mentor is very important Mm -hmm. but always also look into having that board of directors Mm -hmm. because they they, they really open up your mind to different opportunities and getting better at what you do Mm -hmm. yeah well that's actually very very interesting Mm -hmm. because i think um yeah i i I, my experience with having i have very different mentors Mm -hmm who are giving like me who are giving me different values for what I, I want. Um I think I have a board of directors, it's just that they don't know they are in my board. <laughs> <laughs> that I consult with regards to all those things. Um but there's this one particular um mentor of mine who is am I allowed to mention their name? Yeah for sure. Definitely. And the company. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> so it's the CEO and uh, owner, I think founder of um you know, all about the social value, CEO, owner, founder um, of uh, Game Changer Marketing. So no, I met her. I met her while we were at Blaze, in Blaze. And I think she mm. actually, the, she's the one who actually approached me mm. and literally held my hand throughout the journey because I was so green. I, I just had an, I was just this little girl who had an idea, mm. but I was just, you know, like groping in the dark. Like mm. I didn't, I didn't have any direction. So she, she sat me down and she told me, okay. I have tasted your cakes. I have seen your work. It's amazing. So first of all, I'm enrolling you as one of my suppliers for my company. Oh, and nice. we have had a beautiful, okay, a beautiful roller coaster. <laughs> 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 Ever since we started five years ago, can you imagine? Mm. Um, I have, we have seen the best and the worst in our relationship. Um, but she has literally held my hand and she's that one person that you call her and she, she'll make time for you, you mm. know. And it's such a humbling um, experience for such a person to say, okay, I have, I have time for you. Come mm. at 1 p.m. I, I can sit down with you, tell me what your problem is, blah, blah, mm. blah. Or let's talk about how we can scale you up. Right. Or something like that. And literally, she's the one who held my hand during COVID. Mm. She was struggling as much as I was, but she's the one who's like literally giving me a straw to clutch on. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was it. That was very interesting. So that is my go-to mentor. But of course, I have other mentors who actually don't know they're my mentors because I... 
I consult a lot mm. from them, like mm-hmm. in terms of how to efficiently or effectively do my marketing, how to you know um, deal when deal with um, you know customer complaints and all that. So various aspects to you know the business that I get from um, my different mentors and mm-hmm. what they're actually really really good at. Yeah. Like um, I have one of uh, my friends who is really and he is. Uh, and I'm picking a debit and I'm just like, oh my word! Like this person, <laughs> I need to just you know give him a portion of my company for the work that he does for me. So mm. he really like pushes for me my product. But of course, like as much as you're having all these people pushing for you, your product really has to also speak for itself. Speaks for itself, yeah. Yeah. So I think I have all this, as you say, like you really can't have just one mentor, but mm. you really have to like explore other people who have different um you know, things that you would love to learn to mm-hmm. improve your company or improve yourself mm-hmm. or, yeah, things that will scale you up in, in mm-hmm. your company, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think... And the, you guys have mentioned something very important about the mentorship and that's, I guess, the intentionality behind it from the point of view of you as the young entrepreneur because these are people who, if we're aspiring to them, then for sure they're doing great things in their respective fields. Yes. And their time is very limited but also very valuable. So it's not, it has to be that intentional relationship whereby if, even if they're giving you an hour of your time, you really know what questions you're going in there with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mentor used to give me assignments, so he'd ask me to do a couple of things and by the next time we're meeting, I should have, whether it's a vision board, whether it's a two-year plan, mm-hmm. whether it's whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So that intentionality behind mentorship, yes. it's, it it still remains a two-way, a two-way street. Absolutely. Uh, it's It's... I think once you approach it that way, you get a lot more value than you would if it, if it's if you take it a bit passively. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think just just owing to what you said, Fred, uh, people do need to realize that these mentors also have things to do. Absolutely. Like this exactly. guy, this guy or lady hasn't really just signed up to be full time mentor to a small business, mm-hmm. and so because it's it's a very big challenge that a lot of people come to me with and they ask me how can I get a mentor mm-hmm. or what value am I going to add to the mentor. We need to always understand that even this guy or lady is looking for bread for their family. Mm-hmm. Let me let me put it in that sense. They don't have the whole day to come and teach you X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So even as you're approaching me and asking me about business advice, mm-hmm. I'd really hate to sit down with you for an hour and then next week you come and ask me the same thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And so the, the, the mentorship, the mentorship, the joining of a mentor and a mentee it's not the obvious, hi, can you be my mentor? Yeah. It's the, you've asked so many questions and this person sees something yes. in themselves that something, they see a younger version of themselves or right. even just a bit or a part. Right. And they're like, let me hold your hand through yeah. it. Yeah. So we as mentees also need to understand that as we jump into that game of mentee-mentorship relationship, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a give and take. Yeah. Uh, if, if I feel like you're wasting my time, you'll be like, hey, can we meet tomorrow? Uh, no, easy. sorry. Uh, yeah, I have a meeting. Mm. Uh, do you have any other time? I'll let you know. I'll let yeah. you know. If you ever get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing something wrong. Exactly. You're doing something wrong. And so we need to know the value that you need to go in with a purpose. Mm. You don't just go and say, oh my God, you have such nice hair. Go in and jump in and just know I have this hour. Let me make the best out of it. Absolutely. Mm. And the next hour that comes and also try and add value. Mm. One of the biggest ways I found I can add value to my mentor is doing some free work for them. Mm. Mm. And I know people really complain about this, you yes. know, pay creatives, yes. free work. But but I hope we get a chance to talk about it because uh, there's also quite a bit to speak on. Mm. But I realized that because I can't give this person financial value, 
what I can do is when they're in a fix or I see one of their presentations isn't working, mm. yeah, I can say, hey, yo, give me just this two hours, mm. let me fix your presentation. Mm. And so he knows, okay, fine, this guy has been fixing my presentations, mm. or when I need that last minute guy to come and give me t-shirts, mm-hmm. this guy is going to come through. Come yeah. through yeah. And so it has to be... Uh, a symbiotic relationship. Absolutely. You have to give me something Absolutely. as you take something from it. Mm-hmm. That's actually quite interesting because just recently I was celebrating our five-year anniversary with Game Changer. Oh. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, like naturally, I, I, I took cake to the, to, the, to the organization, like I think three different cakes with the new flavor that I was trying out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when the speech part, I think, I actually got to understand what you're trying to say. Like the reason why she has really stuck with me is because she also learned something from me. Mm. And that was really like mind-blowing. Like I thought I was the one who was taking from you, Kumbe. Mm. I'm also inspiring you in different ways. Like, mm. And she's actually actualizing the things that she's learning from me to better her company as well. So mm-hmm. this, hence the symbiotic relationship. Mm. Like, um, because I believe like one of the things that really, really work for me and my company is the customer service. Like, I mm-hmm. think I do my customer service. Let me give myself a 90%. <laughs> Let me give myself a 90%. So that is what she has seen from me. And she's like, she's doing the same thing for her clients. And she gets to retain her clients out of that, you know, mm. small gesture, you know, yeah. a cake here and there, a small token of appreciation. You know, even if it's a pen like this with your name written over there, mm. you know, just the small, small things that are very sen- sentimental and have a personal touch, you know. Yeah. So those things are what she has implemented in her company. That's what she really, really helped her, you know, augment the relationship that she has with her clients. Mm. So, yeah, what I do for her is what now she does to her clients. mentioned something earlier around your relationship with your mentor mm-hmm. um, during COVID. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't mind for whether that's on a personal level or regards to you and your businesses, yeah. what were those difficult year, two years like uh, during COVID? Um, did you find like your businesses were difficult or more difficult to sustain or run? Did you feel like you had to adapt to the fact that for cakes you can't deliver it to parties anymore because parties are non-existent. Right. Mm. Um, there are no events happening, so the amount of conferences that you potentially could have been branding. Like, how, how did you guys navigate those rough waters? Um, so, I go first. Yes. Okay, so, um, so um, what happened was, like, me, I'm just going to shamelessly say, like, what happened. <laughs> like, I had to move back home uh, to my parents' house because business was not there and I was mm. not able to sustain um, my workshop and um, my household. Mm. So I just literally bundled up my things and I told mom, hey, I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very, you know, like it was a very low moment for me, like going back home. Um, but I went home and then, you know, just from a random phone call with my mentor and we spoke at length mm-hmm. and she just told me, you know what, at the, like you can't, you can't just say, hey, it is done. Mm-hmm. You have to really think about innovative ways to assure your clients of the safety of the product that they are getting. Right. Like, I'm sure even if people are not doing the big parties anymore, you can capture the smaller, smaller parties, like mm-hmm. house parties, you know, that has maybe eight or three people um, mm-hmm. within a small, you know, enclosed space. Mm-hmm. So um, I went back into my whatever, and I figured that probably if I, like, wrapped 
the cake boxes in a way that it was like airtight mm-hmm. completely airtight mm-hmm. so i was doing the whole thing of sanitizing the box mm-hmm. and i was doing it in video so that like people can actually see what i'm doing yeah. so i sanitized the box and then i put the cake inside the box of course i'm wearing my gloves and then i wrap it with cling film like it's air completely airtight and mm-hmm. i really just I reassure uh, guys that this cake is completely safe yeah like not 100% but it's completely safe even by the time you're getting it when you unwrap it like you can unwrap it literally and throw away the thingy and sanitize the box again mm. and then open your cake and have That's it so those are the things that I did and she 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 was really impressed by that idea and she was now buying cakes from me and distributing mm. to her clients so mm. through that her clients now gained confidence enough to right. now order from me directly so mm. that is how i rose up slowly from that and then she mm. told me again like you have to now come up with something else that is you know like different from what people are used to mm. so i started kicking you know uh things like microphones um mm. handbags hats and all those things that are really really exciting to people so mm. that also got a lot of traffic onto my 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 social media handles and Um so I started getting my order slowly slowly from there and yeah I think towards the end of the year though um when things were starting to open up a little bit mm-hmm. um so those who were not able to do their weddings in January now all of them were doing their weddings in December and November yeah. so I got all those clients <laughs> um and I did all those weddings um I did almost 20 weddings actually oh wow yeah, in, in, in 2020 yeah so um but that one came as a result of the assurance that I gave mm. before mm. you know like these cakes are clean they are sanitized they are safe for consumption like just mm-hmm. to remove that fear that this virus could you know get to me Somehow. through these cakes yeah. you know mm. so out of that confidence I was able to bug those clients mm. that came to me in December And plus wow. even like over and above that I'm a very prayerful person so I I I really talk to God a lot concerning a lot mm-hmm. of these things um so yeah that also provided me with a lot of guidance on what to go and how to go about it so yeah I mean that resilience is because yeah. during such dark days it's very difficult I guess to find a reason to keep on going Let and you are, you are lucky enough to actually be strong enough be brave enough for long enough mm-hmm. um so in december you're able to sort of absolutely like just regain the money that you lost, lost yeah i say but I'll, but let me tell you parenting also does a number on you like mm. you know you have a little human being who's taking you is <laughs> dependent on you but they always catch you can't stop you yeah. can't stop you cannot can stop. stop because now as in your parents are not going to come through for you the best they can do is that like, give you a roof over your head yeah. and the food mm. but that your food pia kuna benyo laili pia so so um that knowledge i mean that push also just gets you to you know gets your head cracking like mm. and there was actually this uh, thing that was happening i think it was is it summit africa this thing that was being um, done by a business something that was being done by tdjx at that time mm. but it was virtual mm-hmm. so bn was over there and one thing that really stuck with what with me with what he said is the people who are going to you know take time and learn a skill within this period mm-hmm. are the ones who are going to win mm-hmm. out of this season mm-hmm. so that stuck with me and i said oh man i have to like skill up like i have mm-hmm. a lot of time in my hands let me learn a new skill let me teach myself something that is way over what i have ever done before and mm-hmm. let that be my you know anchor so yeah that's how i that's remarkable i managed yeah 
you know, I wish I meant lean, like, you know, just before COVID. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have saved myself a headache. <laughs> my, my, my mind is a bit different because, let me, funny enough, Fred, huh? two days, literally two days before uh, the then Minister for Health, Mutai Kagwe, announced COVID and a lockdown, mm. I had just moved out. Oh. I know. I said, you know me what? <laughs> I have paid my deposit. I have mm. paid my rent. I'm going to be a man through this time. Mm. And so I had just moved out. Uh, typical guy structure, just had uh, an air mattress and a TV, <laughs> and I'm watching MTV and I have Wi-Fi, <laughs> and so I'm watching TV and I'm seeing the country has gone into a lockdown, fellow Kenyans. Fellow Kenyans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn. Now, I'd say every every dark cloud has a silver lining. Absolutely. Mm. Because as everyone was saying, businesses were going down, that's when I had to crack my brain and think about because I had just separated myself from my business. Mm. And I said, as much as I'm running Muka, I'm still an individual. Mm -hmm. So a couple months back, back, I had gotten a consultancy that I said, okay, let me just stick here for like two, three months. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after it's done, uh, we'll jump back into the grind while other people are managing the company. Mm. And so within the period of COVID, now... I, I, I had to be on my toes because mm. there are people depending on you to be paid at the end of the month and you're thinking, crap, okay, I also have rent to be paid. You know, it's very nice when your parents are complaining about money, but mm. you know, you guys would let us sleep on the streets. Yes. Mm. And so through the period, I noticed that, okay, guys need this live streaming done. Mm. Churches are out there. They still need to have their Sunday services going on yeah. and they need to find a way to get it done. Ah, I was the first guy to say, hey, yo, guys, um... Can I do your live streaming? I have a couple of cameras. Mm. Uh, we'll figure this out as it goes. Mm. Uh, there's a company that we're working for called uh, The Bee Hub, mm -hmm. uh, which ideally just deals with tech. And I was introduced to the guy and he asked me, um, we're looking for a way to have our conferences because they have, uh, I'd call them tech trainings, mm -hmm. techpreneur sessions where mm -hmm. you just inspire tech people uh, in terms of what they're doing. And he reached out to me on a random drive when I was trying to clear my head and he was like, um, listen, I'm looking for a way uh, to have my session where everyone can attend but can't attend. Mm -hmm. I sat down and I thought, everyone can attend but can't but attend. Can't attend. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he sees, he's like, you know, like you know how like guys can interact like on Zoom or something. Mm. And I said, hmm, how about we run a live session? Because he was having guys from Norway who couldn't travel back to Kenya, right. guys in UK. I said, I have a couple of cameras. Um, let's do this. Mm. We did the first one and I realized, hmm. This actually went well, and guys were saying, thank you so much. We're mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, we're in the same room with everyone. And I said, there's my silver lining. This mm -hmm. is how we're going into audiovisual right, now, guys. Right. Because I saw the opportunity, and it's one of the things that everyone needs to figure out. You need to be able to improvise mm -hmm. and adapt to the situation. And so coming into the year of COVID, that opportunity presented itself, and I realized, okay, now we can actually be providing these live links mm -hmm. for these different organizations mm -hmm. that need literally anything you guys are having a launch of x y and z and you want a person in the states to check it out let's have a live link mm -hmm. i mean and so live links became the new norm mm -hmm. for church services mm. for launches of anything yeah. mm. for we're doing a merger or we're doing this press briefing right. funny enough i attended a couple of press briefings at moh and there were just about five to six journalists feeding different live streams to people mm. so you'd think every station is there we, oh. we literally found a way to make everyone there, but they're not there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think my businesses or my 
aha moment mm-hmm. and came through some of those challenges that were presented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will not ignore the fact that it was that consultancy that held me close. Absolutely. Because at night, dude, I'm telling you, you've used all your money on a TV, <laughs> a nice big flat screen, huh? <laughs> and an air mattress, and you're like, wow. <laughs> things, things can get tough really quickly. And so it, it, it's just as you're saying, the resilience needs to be there. Yeah. And, and one thing that every entrepreneur, anyone trying to get into business needs to know is optimism is the first skill Absolutely. you need. Yeah. You need to wake up knowing you're the best, yeah. even if you have never printed one shirt or made one cake. Yeah. Yeah. You need to wake up thinking you're the best. The best. Yeah. Because the day that as an entrepreneur, you doubt yourself, mm-hmm. it's trickling down into you just creating a bigger snowball. Mm-hmm. When, when you start asking yourself, I, I can't do this, I wake up in the morning and I have to affirm myself and I say, I will find a way. Yeah. I have this target to hit, I will find a way. Yeah. And it's never, hey, how am I going to reach this target? It's not. Mm-hmm. It is, listen, you have set a target, you were sober-minded when you made it, it wasn't mm-hmm. at midnight when you were <laughs> in a random place, you made the target and now that it's been made, jump in and find a way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's optimism and that resilience yeah. because the challenges will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, it's, two, it's actually been two years, mm-hmm. wow. Two years ago, it was COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Another two years from now, you're going to be in a different else. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can't just be an entrepreneur when the times are good. Exactly. You need to learn to be that self-employed Absolutely. guy when the times are tough, mm-hmm. when the times are really tough. Yeah, like mm-hmm. how do you keep your head above water? Like, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think also, like, I agree with you in a lot of ways. Like, it's just about your mindset also. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are, you have that mindset of just giving up, like, when a tough situation comes, that you're not opening up yourself to opportunities that could potentially get you out of that mm-hmm. problem, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you, again, just say, you know, I know this issue is here, but I have to, like, get through it, yeah. then opportunities will definitely present themselves. Like, mm-hmm. it also comes with just speaking to people, you know, like, and getting new ideas and just, you know, that those aha moments may come to you as you're just having conversations with people, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I think it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. For you, whatever you can achieve, it's all in your mind. Yeah. And I think even hence the book where we say like think and grow rich. Exactly. You think it, and when when it's in your head, then you will definitely achieve it. And we definitely all have we all we all have it within us to rise above this. Absolutely. These uh, stormy waters, or whenever things are looking terrible, mm. because honestly, so COVID was a difficult, difficult period. Yeah. Lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um, that mindset and that sense of optimism, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever it is you're going Absolutely. through. Um, and also, I guess the recognition that at the end of the day, there's something about a dream and the pursuit of a dream which is very difficult to abandon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, believing so firmly in what Jesus' dream is, um, it it pushes you that extra extra level. Yes, we have people around us who will always be our support system, yeah. but it has to begin from from, from within. Mm-hmm. Um, the engine is is you, and then everyone else forms Absolutely. up the rest of the parts that Absolutely. you need. You know, there's something that Car- I listen to Caroline a lot. Um, we talk of, and she has a lot of really wisdom nuggets to share with us young people. Like, and there's one thing that she say that you know, we all have a dream, we all have been given that ability to really make something of ourselves. Mm. But what really separates you from those who actually make it is the intentionality to actually do it. Mm. So, like she was going for a, for a, for a, for a talk at um, Centonomy 101. Mm-hmm. And it was a very cold morning. And she was like, so for you guys who have come here, 
and for those who actually said ah, it's never that serious actually lalini bare you know so that mm. is what actually what really separates those who make it and those who don't exactly yeah. yeah so it's all about it yani you just pushing yourself because i love baking but i don't love baking every day mm. you know I, I it's the discipline that keeps me there you know like i have to do these things mm. i don't feel like doing it but i still have to do it like and get up well. and get going yeah, yeah. and do it very very well without yeah. compromising the quality that you've been giving even when you're inspired to do something so mm. it's the discipline that actually kept keeps you there and keeps you going mm. that discipline is is difficult but so necessary well it's very yeah. true that that's actually what separates those who make it and don't. yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it's the it's the difference maker mm-hmm. being consistently disciplined yeah exactly yeah it's true because um i listen i don't know how many people do that people think it's weird but i listen to these motivational talks every morning mm-hmm. i think it's the first thing that enters my brain and i i try and do it at night but i know the schedule gets a bit tough mm-hmm. one of the things that brian tracy says in his motivational speeches is do you know how many attempts people actually have to go through for them to fail at achieving their dreams mm-hmm. you find out that majority of people don't even start mm. majority of the people who have failed at their dreams didn't even it go the one time then yeah. it literally i can aim and i can do this and then hey how will i do this mm-hmm. and then ah never even starts never. doing it mm-hmm. and so just just as lynn is saying that's that's actually the differentiator between the guys who are going to make it and the guys who are not going to make it mm-hmm. it's literally that i want to start a podcast okay let me just get two guys we'll even record on our phones mm-hmm. okay we'll yeah. record on our phones yeah. and we'll edit and we'll do whatever needs to be done in a couple of years you're doing amazing things mm-hmm. and it's the same with uh, these influencers uh let me just influence this 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 is one brand because everyone with those followers you're thinking i but these are just my friends will they buy mm. it's 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 one of those things that you just need to start absolutely it's it's not it's not really complex because mm. one thing people need to realize is that self employment is a journey mm. it's not it's not a finish line it's not that yeah, i want to be self employed it's the same way people say that it's not about having a million dollars it's mm. about the person you become as you're getting as there as you get mm-hmm. there absolutely it's more important to form that person mm-hmm. than it is to be the person who has it yeah absolutely because we think we we and, and we have this very bad mindset in Kenya especially because I've talked to a couple of people and when you see someone driving a nice car mm-hmm. the first thing is i this guy stole somewhere <laughs> and, and you illuminati. see exactly we, we, we jump into illuminati we jump into tenderpreneurs we jump into this guy knows someone in gava yeah. mm. and and i tell people just because we've talked about mindset that you know it starts in your mind mm. if you keep on believing that fred has gotten to where he's gotten to because of something shady mm. every time an opportunity presents itself for you to get there yeah. you're always going to shut it out absolutely mm. and it's the same with problems if you're the kind of person who thinks everything bad happens to me mm. When a problem comes you're like ah yep that is my portion in life you become, become so comfortable exactly yeah. and, and the one thing that everyone says is that mindset is something you can change mm-hmm. you're fully in control of your mindset mm-hmm. all you need to do is just wake up every day and tell yourself something different absolutely uh, there's things that you cannot challenge don't challenge gravity don't think you can fly no <laughs> <laughs> but there are things about your mindset that you can you can come into and actually You, you can talk yourself into being a talkative yes. person. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. we say at you know I'm just born an introvert. Mm. No 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 mm. no no. You just wake up in the morning and say today I'm going to talk to like 10 people. Yeah. Mm. Even if it's just hi how was your day? How did you sleep? Mm. Done. 10 people. Tomorrow 20 people. Mm-hmm. Next day 30 people and that's how it, it's the shaping of a mindset that entrepreneurship is every day of your journey mm. where you're able to just see something in you grow. It's like a, it's like a plant. Mhm. 
Okay, so even as you're chasing that dream, you're seeing the journey. Mm. You're seeing, because I can see where I started printing like a small logo on a t-shirt mm. to now some of the great things that are being done. Mm. It, it, it's been a journey and I keep on asking myself, if I started there and I've gotten here, how far can I get tomorrow? Absolutely. Mm. And so, Anything. yeah. Just a limitless opportunities ahead. The world is your oyster. I, I heard people say that and now, now I fully understand it. That literally, this, this is an open canvas. Yeah. You can, and a lot of people, I was listening to KISS today, I don't know how or why, but uh, Kamene was talking about how some of these artists like Aya Star and all have gotten to where they've gotten to. Mm -hmm. Apparently Aya Star, as, as per what she said, has a Bachelor's of Arts in International Relations. Now she's a musician. musician. Mm -hmm. And there's another lady who had a Bachelor's of Art in, I think, communication. Now she's a rapper. It's the same way hardly any entrepreneur is doing what they studied in uni. Yeah. And so it's That's literally, it's, it's, it's just you getting out of that comfort zone and yeah. saying, listen, I can do it. And mm -hmm. if I can do it, I'm going to do it. Let me start today. Mm. But I think also we really need to demystify this journey of entrepreneurship. Like, I really like what you're doing, Fred, about like uh, talking, getting people here to talk about their journey so that people actually realize that it is not Illuminati. <laughs> it is not that I know people in, gov in high places in the government. No, it is literally me waking up early to work my ass off. It's just literally me putting a lot of effort to like what it is that I do to mm. get to where I am. And I think there's just a gap. There's a big gap between where these guys started and where they are. Mm. And that's why I really, really appreciated this thing that was being done on YouTube, the cleaning of the air, cleaning the air. Cleaning the air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I had a lot yeah. of those stories. And I think particularly I loved Caroline's story of really of resilience, really. And mm. there's one thing that she said that really stuck with me because her she's um I think she's a guru with when it comes to marketing. Like she really, mm. really does it so well. And she said, like, of course she has had people who have said no to her. Like, who says no to Caroline? And 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 her mentality, the mentality that she takes with that no is what like really brings up the difference. Because okay, mm. you are no, and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, or so. Her mentality is okay. Think about it. I'll talk to you again, like in two weeks, and let's see if your mind will change. Mm. You know, so you're getting out of that conversation with a positive mindset that okay, maybe they just don't know what it is that they're saying no to. And you're giving them an opportunity to really think about mm -hmm. that product or service yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then when I come back to you, then now let's discuss, like, where are we putting, like, a, a, a trade-off? Where are we adding? Mm -hmm. Where are we subtracting? All that. So when you have that, when you say, like, you take things personally, then you do not grow. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get a whole lot of no's. Yeah. And that is something that, that was my take-home. For me and it's something that i'm still learning mm -hmm. in my journey um to actually put myself out there to um be told no or yes mm -hmm. like because if i want to scale up then i literally have to go out there and exactly. look for clients mm -hmm. you know like literally walk in with a coke can made out of cake or whatever mm -hmm. or a coke can yeah something like that and go to the coca-cola you know workshop mm -hmm. and i tell this guy hey i'm here Mm -hmm. This is what I can do, and I want to be your supplier. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, and, and I'm glad that she has brought in freebies because we, we really need to talk about <laughs> and, the, and the value yeah. you can generate. Exactly, we Absolutely. really need to talk about this pro bono work. That mm -hmm. I'm I am I am pro pay the creatives, okay, and mm -hmm. and that one I I am definitely a hundred percent for. 
But you need to understand one thing that people don't see is every opportunity is a doorway to another opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. The work that I do today for free for person X can lead to a marketing in person Y. But even if it doesn't, I have learned a new skill or I've gotten more confident because if I do work for, let's say, Tascam, because it's the first thing in front of me, if I do an ad for Tascam mm. and they don't pay me for it, but they use my ad, mm. at the back of my mind, I know I've done a good job. I yeah? did that. That now they want, to, they want to show and I'm going to put it on my portfolio exactly. and say, I've worked for Tascam. Mm. Did they pay me? No, I don't have to be paid because... Uh, it's the same thing that they say you about... That, you, can, you can literally own it because you I did it. For, I, yeah. I work for yeah. Tascam. Yeah. Yeah. Did Tascam pay you? Did they contract you? <laughs> ah, but my ad is on their social <laughs> media. Social so you may have worked for Tascam. <laughs> it's a big company. Yeah. And so the thing that a lot of entrepreneurs need to understand is for people to understand your value, you need to actually give them your time. Yes. Mm. Now that's it. You, mm. Before anyone can hire me to do anything for them, the first question is, have you done this before? If mm. I've never done this before, I'm like, okay, yo, listen, let me do it for free so you can see what I can do. Mm. Tomorrow, you can pay for the service. Mm -hmm. What a lot of us want to do is jump onto the bandwagon of pay creatives. Mm. It's, 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 been, it's been twisted and twisted so much because people don't understand that it got to a point where friends were asking for free things mm -hmm. and also organizations were asking for free things from guys who already have a brand. But the guys who don't have a brand and your brand is literally people are talking about you out there about what you can do. Mm -hmm. If I've never tasted Lynn's cakes and she comes and gives me a free cake, and I'm like, hey, okay, that's a really good cake. Mm -hmm. That's a form of marketing. It yes. is. We're, we're talking about uh, freebies, but look at it as a form of uh, interpersonal marketing. Yeah. I've given you my product for free just so that you can see how dope it is mm -hmm. so that tomorrow you can pay for my product. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It might cost me a bit, but mm -hmm. okay. What are you investing in your own marketing? Uh, thank you. That's the word. Exactly. Are you, yeah. are you taking the time? In can I shoot yeah. you a five, ten minute commercial? Absolutely. And then you see how good my work is mm -hmm. so that because someone will see your work, especially yeah. if you know your work is good. Absolutely. You'll give Fred, a, in fact, me, if I, if I was a baker, two kg cakes would be like this. <laughs> Fred cannot eat a 2kg cake alone. He has to share yeah. or it's going to go bad in his fridge. Oh, that's interesting. And so you sit down and you're there like, okay, fine, she's given me a 2kg cake. Mm -hmm. uh, Mukiza, uh, John, uh, Mary, you guys, see, we have cake. Mm. Okay, so, hey, this is a good cake, Fred. Where did you, you get, get it? From? Mm -hmm. Those and are four clients. Them. Exactly. Or and I have, I have a, yeah, Freddie, as in, I, I had a cake. That, that cake at your place. See, we do something. Yeah. And you see, and funny enough, when I first met Fred, that's where one of my third or fourth clients came from Ooh. where she was starting a business and she was like hey Mukiza I saw the work you guys used to do for it we call it it was youth plus at the time mm -hmm. first, yeah. and so I've seen the work you, you used to do with Kina Fred for youth plus are you able to make me a logo for my business and just set up mm -hmm. my marketing I was like yeah of course mm -hmm. 20 to Kenda mm -hmm. she brought me like three other clients mm -hmm. and youth plus we were doing it because we were so passionate about entrepreneurs yeah we and we needed a space to just vent we needed <laughs> group and therapy that, that's actually <laughs> That is so important, <laughs> let me tell you, because now you get to, you know, understand different people's experiences and you learn something so that you're not, yeah. like, in your own cocoon, dying over there with your own exactly. issues. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But I really agree with you that, as in, you give freebies where you think it could come back, even if it does not. Mm. Because I think I've done a whole lot of freebies to people, but there's one that I particularly do not regret. Like, I gave a friend of mine, and so this is the the, the, the whistleblower for me. Mm -hmm. Um your marketing in Kona Chafuta. So 
he I just gave him like 12 cupcakes like for free go share with your family but him I, I knew him at the back of my head he's not a cake person mm. so I gave him 12 cupcakes and he gave his wife gave his neighbors gave everybody around his his community yeah. and now those people are now coming to me mm. and that guy is like I don't know the president of expatriates so he posted my name and number in their expatriates group and that is where I got now the really, really good, well-paying clients. And mm. now when this person hosts their friends, these friends come to that party and then now these friends are like, where did you get your cake? So that's how the network just it grows. Goes. Out of 12 cupcakes, now you've mm. gotten like a whole lot of money that is way above what exactly. the value of that cupcake, those cupcakes. It's all, it's all that interpersonal relationship, that's, yes. that investment in give me a chance. Exactly. Like, I, I can do what I'm saying I can do. Mm-hmm. And I can do it well, consistently. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's that kind of marketing is cheaper than a billboard, cheaper than an ad on Citizen yeah. or any other media station mm-hmm. because it, it hits directly to the person. Mm-hmm. And when someone can speak well about your product or your service, mm-hmm. it carries a lot more weight and credibility. That's the best marketing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because you see, these guys trust this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, like, if you, guy, if you, if you say that Mukisa does an amazing job, mm-hmm. I trust you. Exactly. So I will definitely give him a chance. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Because it's actually, it's actually something that a lot of people ask me. Mm. Because I remember even Fred asked me, dude, just share with me your social media handles. And I told him, uh, me, just speak my handles. Because when it comes to marketing, uh, one of the biggest challenges I had is, you know those guys who find you, because when, especially when you're offering a service, mm. they'll find you on Instagram or Facebook and they're always quick to say, I can find someone cheaper. Mm. You're, you're spending a day convincing someone, listen, just take it for this. Just take it for this. Then there are those clients who Bramble will bring and they will say, Bramble sent me to you. He told me you charge uh, this uh, 40K, but can you do it for me for uh, 35? You know, they'll, they'll never push you down too much. Yeah. Those guys are the least stressed people. So what I did is I sat down and I said, let me focus on my network marketing mm. and let me not put too much weight on my social media marketing. Right. Social media is great. Now, I'm not telling guys, no, no, I'm saying it's great. Mm. But you need to understand that in the line of work that you're in, what kind of marketing works for you? Absolutely. Okay. What, makes what, what, what makes sense for mm. you? Yeah. Because Coke is doing a lot of ads on social media. It doesn't mean that your brand will also make that. it there. Yeah. Yeah. We keep on asking, uh, I, I don't know what company it is uh, that doesn't have ads. Um, was it, is it Rolex or Maybach or something that doesn't have ads, but they still mm. sell millions of cars? Even coming back home, like, I've never seen an ad on baking powder. Uh, but, actually. exactly. Yeah, actually. And no one has ever, I've never seen an ad on salt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and then those guys who just put their ads in the business, in the business lounge of the airports. Mm. Because as long as you're sitting in the business lounge, you're not a stressful client. Mm. You, you will see my product. Yeah. So it's very important for entrepreneurs, not only to kick the door open and say, listen, here is your Coca-Cola cake. Whether you want to give me more cake orders oh, no. or not, I have made it. I have worked for Coke, whether you like it or not. As much as you're yeah. kicking down the door, it's, it's also a lot of understanding your market. Mm. Understand the kind of person. Who is your target audience? Market analysis. Exactly. Would you buy from you? Mm. Okay. Mm. If, if, if I was, because it's the one thing that I keep on doing. How can I convince me? And me, I don't like spending my money. I would, I love to see it. I love to see it in my account. Yeah. So I keep on asking myself, how can I spend my money? Mm. What would make me spend my money? Mm. And as soon as you can answer for yourself that question, what would make me buy my cakes? Did mm. I see the cake on a billboard and I said, ah, 
I've seen this cake on a billboard. Let me order the cake. Very unlikely. Yeah. But if it is because Fred, who is my friend, has tasted my cake and is going to eat my cake, mm-hmm. then you see you've opened a door for higher. This is the marketing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For every order I get, I'm going to be giving a free cake to so-and-so just so mm-hmm. that they can do X, Y, and Z. That's actually mm-hmm. quite validating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, looking looking forward and, and with the success you've, you guys have had so far and the success that awaits... What for for you and your companies? What's what's next for you guys? How are you thinking to to grow? Because I know for sure you guys are not happy. Because the way I know the both of you, you're both very personally driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's what's next for for the both of you? Well, Brahman. <laughs> Brahman is there. Me, yeah. I'll go for it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, for me, honestly, when you ask me what's next, I need to see a thing I've done on Netflix mm. or on Showmax or something. I want to, I want to produce something because mm. I'm uh, based on the line of work that I've been able to do for the past three years. Yeah. I'm really passionate about telling people's stories, mm. and we're not really talking about brands and all, but we're talking about development organizations and how or what their impact in the communities is. Mm. We're talking about drought. And I feel like we'd talk about drought in a different perspective if we were shown a documentary from Wajir or mm. one of the drought-affected areas mm. to actually see. And I'm not talking about these woye woye things. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about something, an emotional, emotional storytelling. Mm-hmm. Okay? Something that can show you that, okay, we were facing drought in 2015. We just put in one irrigation to 2017 and mm-hmm. were able to get to this point. This is the outcome, mm. okay? It's, uh, I'd love to shoot a documentary that would be showcased in an international standpoint. I've done one that was about teen moms in Kibra. Mm-hmm. And since I did that in 2020, I, I think it sparked something that showed me when you're telling other people's stories, mm. you, you reach the hearts of so many people, mm. yeah. okay? Because there are so many stories to be told and people are so scared to tell them. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask me what's next, I'd, I'd want a show or a clip on an international platform mm. where everyone can see, one, that Africa is not the Africa that we all think it is. Yes. Like the capital of Africa is yeah. not Kenya or Egypt. So <laughs> like yeah. it's an individual and there are different stories to be told stories in, in, in the stories of Africa. Mm. Mm. I'd actually pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> Stories of Africa. <laughs> yeah, so what's next for me is I want to take it a notch higher and actually produce to the standards of Netflix. That's cool. Oh, wow. That's, That's cool. actually really nice. And I think I think it's just by God grace, God's grace that you went first because you've mentioned things that I think I might like communicate. I mean, sorry, um, take up, take you up on um, away from this. Like mm-hmm. that, um, the documentary that you did on the teen moms mm-hmm. so I was just explaining to Fred like that's another trajectory that I want to do like besides my baking as a giving back to the community would like mm-hmm. to tell those stories mm-hmm. um, but aside from that for me the way forward is definitely that focus on that project but also with regards to my business is to focus more on corporate cakes mm-hmm. and I really I really really want to like dive into that market because it has not been explored as much. Yeah. I initially wanted to like focus on wedding cakes, but I felt like that market is so saturated. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to now focus more on corporate cakes because what it is right now is just the boring square cakes with a logo on top, and that's it. People mm-hmm. are cutting, and I'm just like, oh god, we can, we do, can better do better than this, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if it is a 
launch in Toyota. I mean, literally, kekaka. If mm. anything, if it can hoot, mm-hmm. if it can move around a little bit, I mean, that's an experience. And you mm. see, for that kind of a key, because I was making, as I told you, I was making all these, key, like, improving my skills in making this um, experience, let me call them experiential kicks, where, like, you, you can take something like this and, okay, this is cake. Mm. You know, because uh-huh. initially he was talking about this is not our competition in mm. Kenya. Our, our competition is abroad. abroad. So I've been watching um, cake shows of things being being done abroad, you know, yeah. the School of Chocolate, there is Buddy, the Cake Boss, there is Yolanda Gump, there is Georgia. So mm. all these things, all these people I have watched, I watched during COVID. And I just say, let me borrow a leaf from each and every one of them and see how I can bring that back home. Mm. But I realized such cakes are not uh, were not being appreciated by an individual. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. Ukisa will not be able to afford. The amount of work and effort and whatever that I put on this cake, like a one kg, yeah. I would charge 17,000. You wouldn't be like willing to pay 17, much as it's a beautiful cake and everything, mm. you wouldn't be willing to give 17,000 for that cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But a corporate will. Mm. So if I can identify like a few, like even I, I already identified like five corporates that I want to approach, Coke being one of them, I hope they're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> we are bringing you a cake. We are bringing you a cake. It's quite opportune because we're heading towards end of the year. So end of year company parties. Definitely. So that is, the, that is the trajectory that I want to take right now. Much as yes, I am still doing the birthday cakes. Mm. But for me, I think I want to focus more on corporate cakes and you know, like making them a little bit more experiential and, mm. you know, just changing the whole story about corporate cakes with the boring logos on top of a square <laughs> cake with a few decorations on the side and all that. So mm. I want to challenge myself um, and go beyond like what is being done presently with corporate cakes. So that is the trajectory I want to take. Yeah, I mean, and pushing the envelope. And I, I think as young people, we definitely have that balance of bravery with naivety. We don't know how yeah. far we can go. Mm-hmm. And we're not afraid to push that envelope mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, this is analogy I had a while back about, and it, it gave me a bit more, I guess, comfort um, when, I, when I was feeling stranded business-wise. Uh, big companies who have 200 people working for them are more like the Titanic. But you and your, if, if it's you and yourself or you and your small team, you're mm-hmm. more like a speedboat. So in, in the face of trouble or in the face of an opportunity, it's much easier for the speed boats to adjust its trajectory than that's it right. is a ship to sail. Yes, that's actually right. Um, so that's very right. Nice. It's exciting to hear what you guys are looking mm-hmm. forward to. And please, Nisinisa, how? Oh, of course, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, please. Um, so that's going to be our show for today. Thank awesome. you so much, guys, for coming. Awesome. Uh, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> we had so, so many stories. Yes. No, yes. He made Let us read a PDF, <laughs> and he has not asked even what one we have known. <laughs> Literally, here after no. I can do this. We can actually come back. Uh, I can have you guys back, and we can Pleasure. we can delve into. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot. We've just scratched the surface. There's a lot more that we mm-hmm. can cover for sure. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, if you want to keep up with Lynn on social media, you can follow her at Lynn. That's L Y double N underscore blinked. Uh, and if you want to keep up with Mukiza on Instagram, he's at Mukiza Monesi as well as Twitter. And on Facebook, it's Mukiza Kiki Monesi. Um, I'll drop links to your pages and your businesses awesome. and your contacts as well um, in the Definitely. description. And yeah, thanks for coming through. Thanks for taking well, the time. For we have to do it again. Yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things. Even I want to hear more on. 
yeah. and and address like the Google slash YouTube University. Yeah. The most <laughs> underrated, but perhaps the most valuable uh, school. Of, charging for that school. You have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week.